Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Blush. I'm Tiffany and I'm here with my co-host Heva. Hi Heva. Hi guys. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. We've been talking about doing this episode for a while and it's kind of surreal. We're finally going to be talking about this. I know, but before we get into it, I just have to share something because it was so kismet the way this happened. So the other day, I'm walking to the farmer's market with my dog, Sam. I'm re-listening to episode 13 because, you know, I'm a narcissist and just (laughs) listen to our episodes over and over again. And all of a sudden, I get a text from my friend For the purposes of the story, we're going to call her Lila. Lila texts me and says, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So I'm like, okay, off to a great start. Where is this going? (laughs) And she goes, I have a super embarrassing sex problem going on. I need your help right now. She says that she has a butt plug stuck in her butt. She can't get it out. I guess her and her boyfriend put it in for, you know, sex purposes and they have sex. They finish, can't take it out. She has now locked herself in the bathroom. She's laying in the bathtub. She refuses to let her boyfriend in. She's terrified she's going to shit herself and she has no idea what to do. And so I was like, wow, Lila, you have really reached the right person. Yes. And clearly you didn't listen to episode 13 of Blush, where we talk (laughs) about this kind of similar situation. Yep. And I was like, listen, I not only have experience with having things stuck in my body and not being (laughs) able to get them out, (laughs) but because of episode 13 and the giveaway, I now know a lot about the second hole. The hole of 2021 is what we like to call it. (laughs) And all the complications that may arise. So I was like, okay, first things first, do not yank it out. You would have shit yourself. I now know thanks to a pioneer that I like to call Stephanie. Step two, if you have any alcohol, go ahead and take a couple shots. We're going to need to loosen up a little. (laughs) It was like 11 a.m., by the way. I was like, this is a crisis situation. Who does butt plugs at 11 a.m.? I love this couple. I'm obsessed with them. It was a Wednesday also. I know because I know my farmer's market day. (laughs) Then I want you to grab a tub of coconut oil and just slather the butt plug in coconut oil And once you're nice and calm, I gave her some breathing exercises. I told her to relax her jaw. You know, once you're nice and calm and lubed up, just slowly and gently rotate the butt plug in a downwards position until it just gently slides right out of you. She got it out within minutes. So it's a happy ending. Yeah, everything is fine. And then I told her to go listen to the intro to episode 13, which her and her boyfriend did and were dying laughing. (laughs) And 
I think they felt really, um, you know, seen and understood. And I love that <laughs> so much. I just love so much the community that we're building here at Blush. Truly just a bunch of people that stick things in their body, it gets stuck, <laughs> or it just goes horribly awry. Speaking of bodies... We're going to be talking about our bodies, essentially, this entire episode. You know, we've talked a lot about dating and sex and relationships, and your body plays a huge factor in, in your relationships, so we're going there. And I have to say, there was a few times where I was, like, about to pull the plug. Oh, God. Pun not intended. <laughs> I really didn't mean to do that <laughs> on this episode because this is going to be a really tough discussion, but I'm glad we're doing it. Yeah, I am too. And maybe let's just say this right off the bat. We have zero intentions of being in any way hurtful or offensive. We've been wanting to do this episode for a while now, and it's something that's hard to talk about and it's hard to nail exactly how to do it without in some way upsetting someone. We're going to do our best. But if anything that we say triggers you in any way, I just want to throw it out there that we're sorry. And it's not our intention by any means. We're just speaking our authentic truth. And hopefully you can relate to it. And if you can't, maybe you can somewhat understand where we're coming from. So I think we should tell them what the topic is now. <laughs> we're going to be talking about body image. I'm going to be talking about plastic surgery that I've gotten. I'm going to be really transparent. Heva, you're going to be talking about your body stuff. And we just want to have a really authentic, honest conversation about it. Because there's a lot of stigma when it comes to this. A lot of women aren't open and that's okay. And we're not saying everyone should be like us, go on a podcast and talk about this shit by any means, whatever is comfortable for you. But we hope that it's somewhat encouraging because I think being honest and being open takes away a lot of stigma and everything. And there shouldn't be any stigma. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I guess I'll start. I've referenced having an eating disorder or having had an eating disorder or whatever many times on this podcast, but I'm going to kind of go through my experiences, where I am today, and I don't know, any parting words of wisdom or anything. As far back as I can remember, I was always obsessed with being thinner even as a really little kid and I was not like a chubby or a fat kid at all I was always very normal as far back as I can remember like maybe like five or six years old I was just obsessed with my thighs and I I always thought my thighs were too thick I would compare how much food I was eating to everyone else at the table and I would have little rules for myself like I had to have half of the amount of food that everyone else had on their plates wow, or like little things like that. So I was always obsessed with it. Uh, in middle school, I tried for a hot second to have bulimia, but I couldn't make myself throw up. So that was just a failed attempt <laughs> at an eating disorder. 
this is not easy for us to talk about. So like, I want to be able for us to laugh. I think this is good because it just, you know, it breaks attention a little bit. Yeah, exactly. If you have an eating disorder, please don't think we're laughing at no. you or laughing at your suffering at all. It's just, I laugh at myself. It's how I, yeah. That's how we are. We have to break the tension. This is not easy for Heva and I to be open and honest like this, but we want to just also be ourselves and not, you know, make it fucking weird. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So by the time I'm in high school, I have, I would say, a pretty normal body. I had like fairly big boobs. I wasn't overweight at all, but I also wasn't super thin at all. Like my boobs were probably twice the size they are now. And my waist was probably a couple inches at least bigger. I go to college. I had already had a lot of digestive issues, but they keep getting worse. And This is somewhat related. So by the time I'm in college, I literally can't poop without taking laxatives. Putting that aside, freshman year of college, I not only gained the freshman 15, but I also, I couldn't breathe in the city that I went to college. So I kept having to go on steroids. So I gained a substantial amount of weight, was actually right at the border of overweight at that point. Even when I entered college, I wanted to be thinner. I wanted to be like really thin always. And so gaining that weight obviously was hard. Then towards the end of my junior year of high of college, I'm not entirely sure what happened. I think I just had this moment of like, you know what? I've always wanted to be thinner. Why am I like dicking around with this? I know that if I just count calories and eat less calories than I exert, then I will lose weight. So I started counting calories. And at this point, I would say I had the body type where no one would shame me for watching what I was eating. So I start doing that. I start losing weight. And then over the summer between junior and senior year is when it started to get more and more intense. I'm a lot more careful about what I'm eating. I, at the same time, was already taking laxatives because I couldn't poop, but I would notice that after I take laxatives and I essentially have diarrhea because that's what laxatives do to you, I feel really thin. So I'm leaning into that more. By the time I come back to senior year, I had a full-blown eating disorder. I, my moods had changed. I was starting to develop a lot of depression because I'm not properly nourished. I'm obsessed with losing weight. I'm putting up like pictures of thin girls on my walls and in the kitchen so that I don't eat. I mean, that's <laughs> actually one of the girls. So the summer before senior year, I lived with two girls. And we put up a bunch of pictures in our kitchen of thin girls so that we don't eat. And one of the girls that we had put up was my boyfriend's ex-girlfriend, who was like this real thin model. And he came over (laughs) one day and he was like, why are there photos of my ex-girlfriend who you've never met plastered all over your kitchen, you fucking psycho? That is fucking weird. I will say that is weird. It's literally one of the weirdest things I've ever done. I still think one of the funniest too (laughs) and we were like oh so we don't eat and he's like you girls are insane yeah but okay yeah so 
by the time I'm in senior year, I didn't even really want to go out. All I cared about was food. All I could mm. think about was food. I would have all these reward systems for myself. Like I had this journal where I would write down every time I skipped a meal and I'd add up the money that I was saving and then reward myself with other things. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, a lot. Of, That's I, you intense. Know, I'm gonna stop talking about all of my like weird fucked up shit that I did only because I'm not trying to give people ideas. Of yeah, no. To do. no, but I mean, it just shows what an eating disorder is. And so if you're doing these things, maybe like take a step back. Yeah, exactly. Because the thing is, I wasn't that thin. And I think that's important to note because I know throughout my eating disorder, I never felt comfortable admitting it even to myself because I didn't feel like worthy of having anorexia because I wasn't that thin. And so in my mind, I was like, it's, this isn't really a problem, but it was focusing on school was becoming harder and harder. My digestion was becoming worse and worse. By the time college ends, I'm much thinner than I was when I had entered college. And I kind of took on this new identity because, you know, I was working, I was meeting new people who didn't know me before. To them, I was like, oh, I've always been really thin. Like, I'm just naturally super, super skinny. And there are girls that are just naturally really skinny. I have friends, they just eat so much and they just stay super thin. Yeah, absolutely. That was not me, but I definitely tried to play it off like that. Anytime someone talked about my weight, I would talk about skinny shaming and how I was just naturally like this and people were skinny shaming me. Mm. I would constantly talk about how unhealthy I would eat and how much like bacon and candy I would eat. All lies. None of it true. (laughs) Literally no part of the equation was true. And also at this point, I developed binge eating problems because I wasn't properly nourishing myself. And so this started end of college and I would just go on these like crazy binges and then I would like take a bunch of laxatives and like poop it all out. By the time I got to law school, the situation was really, really bad. I mean, my digestive issues had gotten through the roof. I mean, I can't imagine with what you're doing to your your body, what it's the toll it's going to take. Yeah, I at this point had very much owned the binge eating aspect of it. I was in therapy. I would talk about okay. ha- having binge eating disorder constantly, but I was in intense denial about the under eating part of it. it to me it was worth being unhealthy and being thin rather than you know admitting and getting better and being happier in fact you know to my therapist I was like you know I've always just been really thin blah blah I don't really care about my weight I don't really think about it Damn. So even the therapist wasn't getting the fucking truth. No, I was so committed to this lie that I it was to the point where I almost forgot that that wasn't true. You know, where did the light come from? Like, how did you see that? It kind of started to unfold over like a year, a year and a half. First, when I went vegan, first, I didn't even go vegan for a long time because I was terrified of gaining weight. And when I finally did it for ethical reasons, my relationship with food started to change a little bit 
because I started to see it as less of the enemy and more as a choice that I'm making, a way to nourish myself and also Mm -hmm. something that I started to be really proud of because every time I ate, I was like, wow, I'm doing something that's so kind for these animals and for the planet. And then when I took the bar exam, I started to become more into properly nourishing myself so that I could perform well on the bar exam. So that was the second layer. And then I started dating the comedian. That's when I really started to see how much it was affecting me and my relationships. You know, it was so hard for me to eat around him because I just hadn't been eating around people. So that was difficult in and of itself. I was always irritable and angry because I wasn't getting enough calories. And so it was just affecting my relationship so much. And when we broke up, I was so devastated. And that's when I was like, nope, enough. Yeah. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to have another relationship fail because I'm not eating. And so I quit Adderall immediately, which, by the way, I had gotten an Adderall prescription solely for the eating disorder. That was really the only reason. And I started and I was like, you know what? I don't care if I gain a little weight at first. And I thought about it. And the way that I could calm myself down was, okay, like I've been fluctuating like 10 to 15 pounds because I go in periods of not eating hardly at all. And then I go in periods of intense binging. So maybe I can just level this out and compromise at like not being in the low 80 pounds, but you know, being somewhere in the middle of these two weights that I keep fluctuating between. And so I was like, okay, I don't care if I temporarily gain weight. At that point, I ate really healthy, but there were foods that I wouldn't eat because I was afraid of gaining weight. And I would kind of pretend that I was like sensitive to them, but I wasn't. So nuts were one of them. Soy, like tofu was something that I just had zero chill with. If I had tofu in the house, I would eat it all immediately. And so I started incorporating these things into my diet. And I was like, you know what? I don't care if I like go crazy and binge on them initially. Once my brain recognizes that I'm allowed to eat these foods, it'll calm down which is exactly what happened. So I gained a little bit of weight initially, but then it started to come off as I started to feel more free with eating. I'll say this, where I am today is by no means 100% recovered from this eating disorder. I still binge occasionally. It's not very frequent, But when I do, it usually follows a period where I haven't been eating enough. I'm still pretty rigid with things like sugar and processed foods, but I'm in a much, much, much better place than I probably ever have been. And I would say the biggest part of it is the fact that I'm so open and honest about it. It just takes so much power away. Yeah. It's okay to want to be thinner or have a better body or like be more toned, be more lean, whatever it is. 
that's okay. You're allowed to have that goal. The pendulum keeps swinging. And right now we're a little bit in this stage where we're almost shaming people for wanting to look good or for wanting to have these goals. Yeah. So I want to say that it's it's okay if you want to have a better body. We're all allowed to want that. Yeah, we are. But do remember that everything comes with a sacrifice. So, you know, I was recently somewhere and this lady was like, oh my God, your body, I would kill for your body, blah, blah. And I was like, bitch, you can't have my body. Just eat less. Like, it's not <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't eat enough. Okay. Like, this was after a few day period where I really hadn't been eating enough. And I was looking real thin. I was like, I have not been properly nourished the past few days. Like you can too. And you know, that was kind of a joke, but it is, it's actually very real So if you're currently over consuming calories, you're eating more than you need to be like I have been at many stages of my life. And I'm not talking about the binge eating, but before then, like in college, when I gained all that weight, I was overeating. So I did have room to cut some calories, but it's very easy to go overboard. It's like an obsession. If it be anything, nothing in life should ever be obsessive, right? Like in excess, it shouldn't be an excess. If you are dieting obsessively, like that's just not good. Yeah. And when it starts affecting your mood, like you start getting depressed, you start getting anxious, you're more irritable, you're angry with people, you're picking fights, you're low tolerance, you're impatient. These are all signs that you're not taking in enough calories and you're not properly nourishing your body. And I'm not going to tell you to stop, but what I am going to say is it's not worth it. I mean, the thinnest I've ever been has always been accompanied with the least happy that I've been. It's not worth it. And, you know, if you are in this place where food is taking over your thoughts and, you know, maybe you have some of the other symptoms that I'm listing, I would urge you to, at the very least, be honest with yourself about what you're doing. It's fine if you don't want to share it with anyone else. It's, you know, by no means do you have to, you know, do what we're doing and share it with the world, but do own it with yourself because the minute you start being honest with yourself is the minute that everything changes. And if anyone listening is struggling in any way, I'm by no means a mental health professional and no substitute for one. But if you ever want to reach out and talk and, you know, commiserate or you know talk to someone who's been through it who's going through it I'm always here yeah I love that thank you for sharing all that Hiva I guess we'll move on (laughs) to all my plastic surgery (laughs) I actually really haven't had that much I want to start off with saying this before I go into this I am by no means promoting plastic surgery at all it's expensive And there's a recovery process and it is not for everyone, nor do I think everyone should do it. It is decisions I made for me personally because there was aspects of my body that I just wanted to change. I also don't think there is an 
ideal beauty standard. I mean, there's things that I changed about myself that I see in other women that I think is so fucking hot and sexy that I just didn't like on me. Like it wasn't Mm -hmm. that I don't like this in general. It just for me, I looked at myself and I felt some kind of way about it. The biggest reason I want to be open about it too is I know a lot of girls that have had work done. I know celebrities, people, women in the public eye that have had work done that are really being deceitful. And Mm -hmm. we all make assumptions, right? Like we see someone, we're like, oh, I think she got this. I know for a fact. And they are sort of pretending that they just kind of worked out and had this body. And that's not the case. (laughs) It wasn't a workout routine that formed that butt or that stomach or whatever. If you have had work done, there's nothing wrong with it. What bothers me is the deceitful nature and the intentionally being deceitful because it really does make other women just confused, if anything. You know, whenever a woman comes up to me and if she compliments anything that I've had done, I'm always super honest about it. And I want to say nine times out of 10, they're like, oh yeah, I got this done too. It's like, we're all doing it. Let's just fucking be real about it. Like who fucking cares? So the first thing that I did is I got a nose job. I did have a deviated septum, but that's not why I got it done (laughs) by any means. I always make that joke. I'm like, yeah, my septum was fucked up, but I did it for purely vanity reasons. You know, Middle Eastern, genetically, we have bigger noses. I actually think it's so sexy on women. I by no means think having a bigger nose is unattractive. I think, you know, Jessica Simpson, Ashley Simpson, Jessica kept her real nose and Ashley got it done. I think they're both fucking stunning. Like I have the biggest crush on Jessica Simpson. But for me, whenever I would look at my face and I would look at my profile, I just fucking hated it. And I will say, you know, I want to be transparent. Getting a nose job is pretty fucking easy. I've had oral work that was more painful than my nose job. It was two days. I mean, after every surgery, the first two days, it's kind of rough. Like you're in bed, like you just, you know, it's the anesthesia. And then there's a week where you have a bandage on your face and then they take the bandage off and your face looks kind of fucking crazy. I remember looking at myself for the first time after my nose job and I was like, holy shit, what the fuck is this? And it kind of takes... I want to say like a week for your face to sort of settle. And then it takes about a year, no joke, for the swelling to go down fully, which no one really tells you, you know, like I I didn't know this going into it necessarily. It's an easy recovery process. You're bruised under your eyes for about two weeks. And I was going to classes with like two black eyes. Like I didn't give a fuck. (laughs) I totally owned it. I remember I saw one of my friends after my nose job and we were having a full-blown conversation. She was the first friend I saw and I, I was waiting for her to say something and she didn't say anything. And I was like, can you not tell I got a nose job? And she was like, you know, I thought something was different about your face, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And I was like, look, I did not spend this much money for you to not notice. Like, I want people to fucking notice. Half my nose is gone. How can you not fucking tell? I'm super happy. I have absolutely no regrets about my nose job. Again, I see a lot of girls say stick to your natural nose and you should if you're happy with your nose fucking keep it keep the money go on a trip but if you look at yourself and I have friends that aren't happy there's no need to live like that right like Mm -hmm. if you're not happy with something and it's solely for that reason you should change it and my nose actually wasn't my biggest insecurity my 
biggest insecurity since I was a kid, honestly, was my boobs. I was flat chested. I remember all the girls were getting boobs and I was like, fuck, I can't wait. Like, I can't wait until I get titties. Like, I want big boobs so badly. And then when I was in elementary school, you know, when they kind of like start, they pop out, like they first like do their little thing where they come out, Mm -hmm. they did it. And I remember that day, I was so happy, Heva, that my mom bought me flowers because I was like so (laughs) ecstatic. I was like, oh my God, here it comes. I'm getting titties. They're fucking coming. I had been every birthday I would wish for bigger boobs. And finally, this is happening. I'm like eight years old, by the way. I was a kid. And then literally after that, nothing happened. (laughs) That was it. They were this little fucking mosquito bites. And that was fucking it and I remember I would google I'd be like what is the age limit of when boobs can start growing and I'd read articles of like 16 year old had flat chest up until she was 16 and all of a sudden she woke up one day and she had huge fucking boobs and I was like there's hope there's hope one day I could have big titties and literally every year would pass and they would just stay flat I remember at one point I was like maybe if I put on five ten pounds it'll go to my boobs and I would gain weight And it would go to literally every other region. It would go to my face. It would go to like my hands would get fat, but my tits would remain flat. I was like, why are, why is my chest rejecting body fat? What is fucking happening? I bought herbs off the fucking internet. I was doing massages. I would literally at night, Heva, I haven't prayed for anything in my entire life. I was like, maybe if I pray for big boobs. God will give them to me. Obviously, he fucking never did. Well, I mean, in his own form, right? So I went to doctors. I went to a lot of doctors. And the doctor that I went to said, look, I think you're too young. And he ended up just giving me a nose job instead. And he's like, I think you need to wait. I think you're too young for boobs. Come back to me in a few years. And a few years passed. And I honestly thought I would just get over it. I think I was in a level of denial. And I was really fucking terrified of getting a boob job. That I wouldn't be happy with it. They would be too big. And then I would have these regrets. I was just scared. And I kept saying, I was like... I actually think having small breasts is really fucking sexy. Like, I need to just accept my body. I just need to live with this. This is what I have. It's really not that fucking big of a deal. But it never subsided. Like, I never changed how I felt about myself. I have never admitted this. I was in a three-year relationship with a guy three fucking years, and we were having sex constantly. He never saw me topless. Wow. Never saw me fucking topless because I was so deathly insecure and he never said anything to make me feel that way. No one did. I never had anyone make fun of me for small boobs. They made fun of me for other shit, but never that. It was all me. And so finally I reached the point where I was like, I can't fucking take this anymore. Like I'm not happy. I hate wearing bathing suits. I I always feel insecure. I'm going to do something. I saved up money. I was in a good job position. I felt I had job security for the first time in my life and I decided to go through with it. And the day of my surgery, I was sitting literally in like the the thing that you're wearing, like the, the gown. And they had me in one room and they were about to take me into the operating room. And I started to freak the fuck out. I started like hysterically crying. And I was like, I don't know if I'm making a mistake. What if I regret this? There was like three nurses with me and one of them turned to me and goes, sweetie, 
I got my boobs done two years ago and it's the best decision I've ever made. You're fine. And literally she was so matter of fact about it that I just, I was like, oh my God, I'm getting fucking big tits. This is what I've wanted my entire (laughs) life. Why am I freaking out? Like she's right. I got the surgery. I went from an A to a D cup. The first thing the doctor said to me, like, look, you're chest was really the skin's really tight I essentially got went as big as I could without in any way causing damage or you know making you not look proportional because I wanted to be proportional also mm-hmm. and you're going to be in a lot of pain like I'm just warning you like this is not going to be an easy recovery process I was a special situation because he was like your skin is just tight it was the most uncomfortable I've ever been I know there's girls that have had easier post-op experiences Mine was not. You have to sleep upright for about a month. You can't lay down on your back and then your back starts hurting and you can't carry anything. You can't lift anything. You're kind of immobile. For me, that was just my experience. There's other girls. It's been so much fucking easier, but it was really, really painful. And I have to say there wasn't an ounce of regret. I was so fucking happy. I love them so much it really was the best decision I made for myself and it is a tough healing process so I do think if you want to go through with it, it it should really be taken seriously I mean you're changing your body it's not something to be taken lightly you know really be careful during the recovery process but I did a lot of thinking. I spent years really fucking thinking about it. It wasn't on a whim decision. It did turn out great. I know sometimes it doesn't. Do a lot of research with your plastic surgeon. Have a really honest conversation with your doctor. Tell them what you want. I recommend having surgery in the States. That's just what I've done. There's a lot of horror stories when it comes to plastic surgery, so I don't want to promote that. Do your homework. Don't just go somewhere and get a cheap thing done. You know, I saved up money for years to go to a really reputable doctor. That's how it should be done. You know, be very careful about it. Because, I mean, even recently I saw an article about an Instagram model who passed away because she got a BBL and it's heartbreaking. So make sure you know what you're getting into. And it's okay to take the time and put the thought process if you're going to do something because you should be taking it really fucking seriously. And I think we need to start being honest about the work that we get to really truly, and this was the whole point of this episode for Heva and I, to take away the stigma. If you have a friend that's gotten work done, there's nothing wrong with that. If you've gotten work done, there's nothing wrong with that. I've never had any guy complain, (laughs) but I've also been super upfront. I don't give a shit. The last thing I will say about this, when you own it, you take the power away from anyone using it against you. Yep. No one can say shit to you because you're like, yeah, I did this and cost a lot of fucking money. I did it for myself and I have no regrets. I don't fucking care. I did it for me. There was no one telling me to do it. Actually, everyone was saying, don't fucking do it. You're fine the way you are. And I was like, no, I want to be happy with myself. I'm fucking doing it and really, truly do it for the right reasons. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Don't do it because you see these chicks on Instagram who look a certain way. Honestly, I have pretty small boobs and I love 
love, love my boobies. Like I think they're beautiful. I've had bigger boobs in the past, you know, pre-eating disorder. And I actually love the way my boobies look now. I'm obsessed with them. I think they're adorable. If you love something about yourself, then love it. Don't let anyone else dictate how you feel about you. I think the one thing Kiva and I have said, the shit like me not liking my boobs and, and you not liking your weight, it was about us. It had nothing to do with anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, nothing, nothing. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, as long as I've known you, I knew you wanted to do those two things. And I've always admired Tiffany from the get go was so open about it. And that's something I've always really, really, really admired about her. Oh, and one other thing I want to add to this conversation. It's kind of random, but I just remember this really vividly. After Tiffany got her nose job, I remember you were dating a guy at the time. Yeah. And I remember you said that you were getting hit on constantly and that he was like freaking out because he was really <laughs> possessive and an asshole, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but one thing I remember vividly that you said to me, like I still remember it like 12 years later, however long it was. Yeah. You were like, honestly, I don't even think it's that I look that much hotter. I think it's that I'm so much more confident and that's why I'm getting hit on right and left. Yeah. It's so much of the, well, that's so sweet. It's so much of the internal of what's going on. It can be a really positive experience if you're doing it for the right reasons. It's not an obsession. You know, I'm not, I'm not getting anything done anytime soon for the time being. I mean, once I get older, let's be fucking real. I'm getting a fucking facelift, <laughs> but for now I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm happy. And I think you can be happy, but you have to be authentic and genuine with yourself about it. And it has to be for the right reasons. You know, we hit a lot of different things, but I think the underlying message is do whatever makes you happy, but don't go overboard, stay healthy, prioritize your mental health. Yeah. And also, if you're thinking about getting anything done, if you have any questions, I, I want it to be as detailed as possible about my experience. But if there's anything else, please feel free to slide into my DMs. I've had so many of my girlfriends that have thought about getting surgery that have asked me. Um, I can go into more detail about things like I'm truly, truly an open book. And I think as as really as women, we really need to support each other and stop shaming each other stop criticizing each other not commenting each other's weight or looks and just be fucking supportive yes yes definitely and please share this episode with people not just because it helps us but because I think I want as many people as possible to hear this to hear two people just being super open and honest about their experiences and really taking the stigma out of these things yeah. Are we doing a giveaway this week? I feel oh, like... Oh, we are. Oh, what is oh, the giveaway? And it's a good one. Oh, shit. Okay. So I just want to say last week's giveaway was beautiful and it really <laughs> helped me um, give good advice to Lila and her butt plug situation. Oh, and so on that note, instead of giving away something silly this week... <laughs> I have learned that this community, this blush community, <laughs> we seem to have a lot of trouble with getting things stuck in holes. And so, 
Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) If you screenshot this episode, leave a review, leave a five-star review and screenshot that and screenshot this episode and share it in your stories. We'll enter you into the giveaway and the winner will get a complete guide for what to do when you have something stuck (laughs) in any orifice. (laughs) And you may think to yourself that you don't need this, but week after week, we see. (laughs) It's a growing problem. have trouble and you don't want to be like Lila locked in the bathroom (laughs) in the bathtub terrified of shitting yourself (laughs) you don't want to in that moment think to yourself damn I wish I just (laughs) entered the giveaway and I would know exactly what to do right now (laughs) put that fucking butt plug down right now I know you're holding it put it down slowly and carefully and fucking sign up for this giveaway. It could be life-saving. This is a life-saving giveaway. I mean, this is like taking self-defense lessons. (laughs) You hope you'll never need it, but if you're in a situation, you don't want to think to yourself, damn, I wish I had done it. Just enter the giveaway. This could be the best giveaway we've had. I think it's the best giveaway anyone's ever had. I mean, is there anything more useful out there? No, there really isn't. So thank you guys so much for listening. We love you guys. Love yourself, I guess, is the biggest message, too. Oh, yes. I love that. Love yourself. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye.